Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. We want to spend a lot of time talking about the New Orleans Saints because obviously the Saints are an interesting team. You know, they've been so good for so long. They have a Hall of Fame caliber coach in Sean Payton. But and, and joining us right now, the play-by-play announcer for the Saints is Mike Haas. And Mike, it might are my numbers correct? Because obviously I, I follow this you know with my database and everything else. The uh, Saints started the season with as many as 10 players, and I'm not counting Will Lutz, the kicker, but as many as 10 starters, you know, not out there for the opening game. Yeah, the numbers fluctuate because they they put some on IR, you know, before the season, but they were done. And this new three-game IR, it's been it's been up there. I mean, there that that list of players. And they really, the interesting part of that is to me is they, they really haven't had many come back. Will Clapp came back. So despite all those guys who have been on that list and despite the ability mathematically to bring them back, they have not. And so that is what Sean Payton talked a little bit about today. You know, he does not speak much on injuries, but he said that more players will probably could return than were probably announced earlier. So I don't think it'll be all at once, but they've got a a, a mini football team sitting out there on IR that, that can come back. Yeah, because again, with the, the fact that you know they had the highest cap number in the off season, and so they had to you know not bring some players back like you know Janoris Jenkins. I mean, you know he ended up going to Tennessee. Trey Hendrickson ended up going to Cincinnati, and then of course had a six game suspension with a defensive tackle. I mean, other, then of course you have the injuries, and the injuries even came in on the offensive line. You know, when uh, Armstead and uh, Eric McCoy ended up getting hurt. I mean, how does this team come out of this at three? and two well they every game has been wildly different and weird i mean if you have told me hey you're gonna you're gonna play green bay in jacksonville and aaron Rodgers is not even gonna play all the way through the fourth quarter i was like oof that's gonna be bad and it wasn't it was completely opposite and then they played so horrible in carolina and then they played really pretty solid against the giants and just didn't do anything well, did play well up in New England, and then they've just been so wild. Like, they owned the game against the Giants, owned time of possession, couldn't score. Did the same thing with Washington. Washington owned the time of possession. They couldn't, they couldn't score touchdowns. It's hard to get a, it's, it's hard to get a really solid read on this team. I think the numbers are skewed because of the way the games have been. And I think we also, no matter how much we tell ourselves, this is not that this is a different team. Like I'm looking at the NFL overall offense and passing numbers. Well, the Saints are 31st in passing yards, 32nd in explosive plays, 28th in yards. You know, we're not. I'm sorry, that's not the Saints, is it? Because we're not used to that. This is just a different team that you have to. It's not Drew Brees. It's not a team that might reel off nine straight wins and scores 31 points a game. So it's hard to make that mental break, but you have to because it's a very different team that's played very well on defense, played very well in the red zone, ran the ball very well, just hasn't really put it all together in one game. 
Yeah, that's the amazing part. In fact, uh, you talk about the passing and uh, passing yards and all that stuff. I mean, without Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas, is it, you know, what, three of the top four receivers were undrafted guys? Yeah, when they, when they played, yeah, when they, when they played, yeah, Mark, Mark Raz, Harris, uh, Chris Hogan. So when they played Green Bay, first game of the year, no one except for Deontay, had ever caught a touchdown pass in a, in a, in a game. Wow. None of the receivers. Tight ends, uh, wide receivers. Now, Jameis threw five touchdowns in that game. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is, you know, Juwan Johnson, the tight end, who's a converted wide receiver, had never caught one. He's caught three already. Chris Hogan's a veteran, been around a long time, but he, he he had not caught one for the Saints until that first game. They just were guys that you know this team has always been very big on undrafted free agents, but that was probably uh, to the extreme. They were, we were they were always looking for who would be the number two opposite Michael Thomas. That's what they went into the season. Who's going to be the number two opposite Thomas? Will it be Mark West Callaway? Will it be Traquan Smith? Deontay Harris, and then all of a sudden with Thomas gone, now you needed who's going to be number one? And they didn't really have, you know, Mark West Tattleway became the guy almost by default. They just made him the guy. And but and he's done a good job, but he's he'd never caught a touchdown pass, and you just made him you just anointed him the next Michael Thomas and he hadn't caught a touchdown pass. It's been a very interesting offense. Just they haven't been they not played badly. They haven't really played great either. Yeah. You get your head around. Yeah, I know. And that's the one thing is I, I was looking at the numbers the other day. It's like, here's five games for the Saints, and they only had like 183 completions. Right. They've been very weird. I will say this. If you're going to be good in certain areas, be good in the red zone, where they're number one in the NFL, 13 or 14. Be good in the turnover differential, where they're plus five, fifth in the NFL. And defensively, be good in the red zone, where they're number one in the NFL. So, and they don't give up a lot of points. You know, they're third in the NFL as far as points. So they, 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 if you took the whole globe of the numbers, they, they're not strong. But to me, the numbers that count, like red zone, turnover differential, points allowed, those are, they're pretty strong there. And that's a big reason why they're three and two. And quite frankly, should be four and one, and they should have beaten the Giants. The Carolina game, they played very bad football, deserved that loss. But they should have beaten the Giants. This would, this should be a four and one football team right now. Yeah, which is which is really amazing. And then of course, I mean, I, I'm just, I, I was, you, know, you have to think that they've done such a good job on defense. I mean, but here's a team that had Marcus Davenport injured. You know, they lose defensive tackle uh, for six games with a suspension. You know, they, uh, you know, Hendrickson ends up going. It's like, how how do they do it? I mean, how how do they have such a good red zone defense? How do they have such a good defense? Period. You know, Janoris Jenkins, you know, gone uh, issues at the cornerback position. You know, Marcus Lattimore, you know, playing with a bad hand and all that stuff. Yet, I mean, they're, they, they've done an amazing job on defense. Yeah, it's been a bend, don't break. I mean, they've allowed some field goals in the red zone. And they were they were very strong, not in the interior defensive line, but on the edges with, with Cam and Peyton Turner. And when they had guys helping with Marcus. And so they, they were fairly strong there. And when you've got... Demario Davis at linebacker and Marshawn Lattimore 
and Malcolm Jenkins and Paulson Adibo as a rookie has done a really solid job. He's had a couple of, you know, they picked on him some, but when they can get a Quan Alexander back, that changes your whole linebacking crew. And you're, when your linebacking crew is Quan and Demario Davis, I'll put those two up with anybody. And Bradley Willoughby's come along a lot more, play more. They just kind of made the right place at the right time. They made, when Washington made mistakes, the Saints made them pay defensively, big time. Interceptions, goal line interceptions, and, and completely turned that game. And that's how they've been able to do it. They've been able to make big plays when they need to on defense, hold them to a field goal, and, and, and stay in games. It's not, it hasn't been a pretty 3-2. and two, But to me, if you just had 3-2 and two after five games, given what this team's been through, I said that, that feels about right. Now, how they got there, I would have never have believed it. But being there, it feels about right. Yeah, and of course, I mean, uh, the amazing part is, you know, having to move to Dallas and uh, practice there for as long as they had to do, you know, have the opening game in Jacksonville. I mean, you know, they've, uh, and Sean Payton has survived a lot as his team with what they've had for adversity. Because I think, and you, you know, Sean probably better than yeah. I do, I think, I know that Sean loves that aspect. You know, the, the whole hurricane thing was atrocious and terrible and tragic. The silver, only silver lining from a football-only aspect is that he kept that football team and he had them all. It was like a mini training camp for a month. Nothing but football every day. Football, football, football. They lived together. He had that team, you know, focused on the job at hand, whereas they couldn't have done any of that had they been here. So from that standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, I'm not speaking for Coach Payton, but I know there's a certain part of, of his pedigree that likes having that situation, likes him together as much as possible. No question. And again, he's on, and again such a great coach and uh, you know, has his team still in the competitive standpoint. Uh, how do you look at the uh, Jameis Winston move and how he's doing so far in his first five games? Well, I think, first off, you have to go back to last year when he came in and spent some time, you know, a full year as a teammate with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill in the quarterback room, lost a bunch of weight, was a great teammate, kind of saw, put put Tampa in the rearview mirror officially. And he's been a great leader. I mean, his game, he's, his completion rate at 60%, probably not what he would like or what this team's used to, but he's found 12 touchdowns and three interceptions. And I think what this, what the big transition for him, and we saw this with Teddy Bridgewater for five games in 2019, is it's a system. Run the system. This We are not Tampa. We're not going to ask you to win it on your arms solely by yourself. Just run the system. And I think each game he gets more comfortable with it. He, has, he, he brings an elusiveness to the pocket that this team has not had in many years. He brings the ability to throw the deep ball that this team has really not had in, in recent years. Drew did a you know, solid job. Armstrong's not what it was 15 years ago, but who's this? So he brings a lot to the table, and it's, they haven't been, you know, knock your socks off outstanding efforts, but five touchdowns Green Bay, and again, just his ability to throw – 12 TDs and only three picks, and one of those picks 
was in desperation against Carolina. The other one, he had an offensive lineman standing on his foot. And so I think he's been solid, and that's all this team really wanted at this juncture was a solid quarterback and, and, and run the system. Has uh, Sean Payton been conservative with him? Because the one thing we've all noticed is that you know he doesn't throw a lot of passes in a game. Yeah, I don't know. I, that question's been asked. Like, is he getting more of the offense now? Do you trust him more to give him more? And Sean says, no, I've always trusted him. I think it's just about – it's a very – Sean and Pete Carmichael, right, they've been together since 06. So what comes as second nature to them probably doesn't to Jamie Shedd, nor did it through five games with Drew Brees in 06. So I think it's – I don't think it's a trust thing. I think it's just a matter of – of, of the comfort level in the offense. And quite frankly, if you look at the Washington game, they lose Deontay Harris early and Taysom Hill not long after that. So if you think about who are my offensive weapons who I've got designed plays to, two of them just left the game. You lost one of your running backs, and you're really down to Alvin Kamara uh, from, from that standpoint. So you didn't have a ton of plays to throw. So I, I think it's been a solid effort. And I, I don't think Sean is holding him back. He may be giving him more. And I also think that Jameis just feels more comfortable each week in and out. No question. How, would you, I mean, how many plays pretty much are they using Taysom Hill? And how are they using him? Pretty much like like, like last year. I mean, mostly running. They, they, it's a power right where he'll t- take the snap, automatically run off right guard with a lead block. They ran that against the Giants until they could stop it, and they didn't stop it. He scored two touchdowns. With the ability, the difference in my mind, and we've seen it some, but not much, is that Taysom Hill spent the entire training camp as a quarterback, where he, where he had never done that before. So he entered this season as a not just a utility player, but a guy who can come in and play quarterback and not just play one play and go right back out, but stay a couple of plays. And we've seen that once or twice where he can go in, stay a couple of plays. It's still probably 80-20 run to pass, but he certainly has the ability because of what he did and because of how he worked this summer as a quarterback. I think the, the, the beauty of that is all you did was you still have use him as a utility knife player, but he's a quarterback now. He's going to give you better uh, production from that position should you want to use it. And I think the Saints will and use it more because it just makes them harder to defend. Yeah. If you've got a Taysom and a Jameis, but if you don't, if you think Taysom is going to run it eighty percent of the time, they're not that hard to defend. I mean, it's still hard to stop, but offensively it's not as hard to defend I think we'll see more of him at quarterback throwing the ball in the final 11 games that's Mm -hmm. nearly my opinion yeah I mean it can be argued again it's like uh, no no detriment to Alvin Kamara that uh, Derrick Henry right now is the best running back in the league you know on the pace for two back-to-back 2000 seasons but it can be argued at least in my opinion that Alvin Kamara is the second best running back in the league but this is a little bit of a different role for him this year because you know in the past He's been so important in the receiving game, catching the football, but now he's running it more to a point where you know he didn't have necessarily a uh, thousand yard numbers, but again, he's you know now on the pace to be able to get that. And so, what's changed in the role for Alvin Kamara? 
that's a good question. They, they, they don't throw. They, this football team lived and died for many years with the screen pass, you know, the typical screen right, screen left. They don't throw it as much because they've not been nearly as successful. And he's, you know, he has three touchdowns receiving, but he's only got 15 receptions. He's only got one touchdown running, but he's had 94 attempts. What's amazing to me about Alvin is that most of the time, they know he's going to run. They know he's going to get the ball, and he still gains five, six, seven yards. That, to me, has been the most impressive part. And this football team has run the ball on first down against the Giants and against Washington extremely well. And they're averaging, you know, about five yards a carry, five, six yards a carry. So we're second down, it's second and four, second and three, second and five. And when this offense can do that, when they're not in a third and nine, they're so much better. Uh, second and four, 32. That plays so much more into a Sean Payton offense and the weapons that they have. But Kamara's, you're right, they've not relied on him receiving nearly as much as they have running the ball. And, but he's still out and he still can't tackle him. I don't understand it, but you still can't tackle him. Yeah. Amazing. Final question. Explain the Green Bay game. How do, how do the Green, Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, you know, go to Jacksonville, play New Orleans, and lose thirty-eight to three? I, I have no understanding uh, I, about that. Believe me, I, I you know, I, the play-by-play. I spent the week, really two weeks, you know, preparing and looking at Green Bay and looking at the players and the personnel, and, and the Saints had a ton of people hurt, and I'm going. Whew, whew, this doesn't. This just doesn't feel. And the Packers were going to have a lot of fans there, and they did. And the Saints just dominated the first half ball of you know just controlled the ball. Fifteen play drives, thirteen play drives, and got on top, and then got pressure on Rodgers to where he threw some picks, and the picks were so costly because they flipped the field. 50-yard returns, 30-yard returns, leading to touchdowns. And before you know it, I mean, again, remember, Jameis threw for 148 yards, five touchdowns, 148 yards. That's almost, you know, unheard of. And the Packers, as we've seen since that game, are back to being the Packers that we thought they would be. And the Saints played the, the very next week, came out after the Packers game and played their worst game of the year. Now, they were without a lot of players, without coaches from COVID, so that was a weird game, but I cannot explain the Packers game. Yeah. If they played tomorrow, I feel like it would be a totally different game, but that game, everything went right for the Saints, everything went, went poorly for the Packers, but that's because of the way the Saints played. I don't want to take it anything away from the Saints. They, they just dominated the, the line of scrimmage, offense and defense. Mike Haas, great uh, evaluation and great information about the Saints. Thank you for joining us here on Schooled with the Professor. Thank you very much. Uh, Have a great day and talk to you soon. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.